The following audio is from Maple City Baptist Church in Chatham, Ontario. For more information about Maple City, please visit us online at maplecitybaptistchurch.com. Father, we thank you for what we've heard already this morning. We thank you for the story of Calvary. And Lord, we thank you that today we celebrate a risen Christ. And so, Lord, I pray now that you take whatever we have heard already, all that we have heard, all that we've experienced, and, Lord, that you would quiet our hearts now as we reflect on the story and that you would empower your word now, empower the message, Lord, give liberty, give freedom. Jesus, thank you for your goodness. We ask all this in your name. Amen. You may be seated. If you have your Bibles this morning, if you would, turn to The book of Matthew, chapter 19. What a story. What a story. The greatest story. And our prayer this morning is that as you listened, and I pray that you did, as you heard the songs, as you heard the quotes, as you heard the scriptures, the message behind everything that was done, that no matter who you are this morning, Whether you're a believer in Christ, that when we say he is risen, you know he is risen indeed, and this resonates with you, and you glory in this. Or whether this morning you are here and you don't know that. You might consider yourself a good person, a religious person, but the fact is when we say these things, there's a disconnect because you don't understand fully what it means to be born again, to be saved. And our prayer is that in all of this, that you and I would experience this morning the glory and the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That you would see the richness of the life of Christ. That you would even get a glimpse of his sacrificial death, his burial, his resurrection. And that we could see it this morning for what it truly is. It's glorious, glorious, and yet, and I'm talking to both saved and unsaved this morning, we will come to a service like this, we'll hear the music, we'll hear the quotes, we'll hear the message, and when it's done, we will walk away. Just walk away. And it troubles me this morning that For saved and lost alike, we can come to a time like this and a story like this and just walk away. What I'd like to do this morning is just to explore why it is that we walk away from Christ. And and if you're saved this morning, what I mean by that is that we hear the gospel and our lives are really not affected as it should be. And if you're lost this morning, what I mean by that is that You hear the message and you hear the gospel and you even give consent to the gospel, but you walk away and you are still lost. In Matthew 19, we find the story that I think um, vividly expresses this. And I want to say to you this morning, this is not the usual 1 Corinthians 15 resurrection sermon. I understand that. I get it. And there's there's, a... the possibility this morning that if you're, if you're a Christian and you've heard this story before, that you're just going to assume 
I know what that's about. I know where you're going. I've heard this before. And you might be tempted to sort of check out because this is a message for people who don't know Christ. But I want you to know something it's not. It's a message for all of us this morning. And so I would like all of us to sit and to listen to the story and just listen to it for what it is. And when I'm done reading, I'll make four simple, quick points and observations on why it is that people walk away from Christ. Matthew chapter 19 this morning, starting at verse number 16. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And he, Jesus, said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God, but... If thou will enter into life, keep the commandments. He said unto him, Which? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man said unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What? Lack I yet. And Jesus said unto him, If thou will be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, or he had great possessions. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed. And I want you to know why they're amazed. Because in Jesus' day, especially in his day, and even in our day, there's this concept that if someone is blessed, or if someone has money, or if someone has wealth, It means that they must be living right. It means that God has certainly smiled on their lives and that they have what they have because they are doing good. And so for the disciples to hear this, it would be like, wait a minute. If this guy who has money, who has been blessed by God, won't make it into heaven, how can anyone, and we have that idea in our own lives, in our own living today, someone has something good happen, we say, man, you must be living right. And that's the idea. Don't start crying yet. We're just starting. There's, <laughs> there's lots more coming. Okay? We're used to this, but it's usually the adult, and it comes about halfway through. Okay? And so the disciples are amazed. Like, well, well, then who can be saved? And then Jesus beheld them, looking at the disciples, and said unto them, With men this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Here's a man who comes to Jesus, and, and by all accounts, honestly, as you read the passage, and, and not being skeptical, the man is a good man. Certainly he has money, but it's obvious from his answers that he is trying to do right. He's a good guy. He is morally good. He's keeping the commandments. And he has enough humility to come and say to Jesus, hey, I might be missing something here. Can you sort of fill in the blanks for me? 
we would say about this man, he has his act together. He's coming with an honest question. But yet, by the time this conversation is finished with Christ, he's gone. He walks away. From our passage this morning, I want to give you four reasons why this man walked away and why some of you this morning will walk away. And why some of us as believers, in the same kind of light, will just just go on with our life. The first reason this man walked away from Christ is because he talked to the real Jesus. Not the Jesus on the radio, Jesus on the late night show, Jesus in a dream looking all serene. Jesus on the steeple, Jesus in the Gallup poll, Jesus who has his very own brand of rock and roll. Not that Jesus. Not a Jesus that you think him to be or you've heard him to be or that you hope him to be. But this man now, for the first time in his life, comes face to face with the real Jesus and the real message of Christ. And listen to me. When you meet the real Jesus, he will rock your world. I'm not trying to be cute or relevant, or cool when I say that, I am telling you something. When you come face to face with the real Jesus Christ and his message, it will rock you. Because he makes demands that we can't even comprehend. Listen to what he says. He's talking to people who are following him, and he says, hey, wait a minute. Before you come and follow me, you better count the cost. Because we don't play games. It's going to cost you something. You better count the cost. He says, listen, take up your cross, an instrument of death, and follow me. Deny yourself. He that will keep his life will lose it. But he who will lose his life for my sake and the gospel's, he shall save it. And Christ comes, the real Christ, and he makes these outrageous, outrageous demands. It's shocking, actually. That's the real Jesus. He asked more than we could ever imagine. And yet, he promises more than we could ever dream. Eternal life. And so this morning, if you come into church and you, your concept of Christianity is, you know, that's sort of laughable. Ah, it's sort of oppressive. Ah, there's lots of rules. I'm really not into that. What I'm telling you this morning is that if that's your attitude, you have not come face to face with the real Jesus and the real message of Christ. Because when you do, there are two options. You will either walk away when you're confronted with the real Jesus and the real message of Jesus, or you will bow down and worship him. And so this morning, just like this rich man, people walk away from Christ because they meet the real Jesus. They talk to the real Jesus. They hear the real message. There's a second thing, though. Why do people go away? The second reason that people walk away from Christ is because Jesus destroys their religious views. He destroys them. And we all have religious views. 
And so this guy comes, and, and the fact is his life is intact. He feels really good about himself, and he thinks, maybe I'm just lacking one certain thing. And so, Jesus, maybe coming to you, this Christianity thing is about something to add to my life. You know, I, I feel a little bit incomplete, and everything's going well, but maybe I'm just missing something. Maybe I can add something. And this guy comes to Jesus, believing that Christianity is something you add to your life. And Jesus says, no. Jesus is not this big, soft body pillow that you just add to your life to bring you comfort. Christianity is not what we add to our life. The truth is, it's completely different. It's not I add Jesus, I surrender to Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And so this man's concept of what his religious view was, that Christianity is something that I add to my life, is exploded by Christ. And his concept that Christianity is something I do, is completely destroyed by Jesus Christ. He comes and he says, good master, I got it all together here, but maybe I'm lacking one, what good thing can I do? What, what can I do? And the fact is, there is nothing to do. And he comes to Christ and he has this idea that uh, in Christianity, it's something that I do. I'm almost there. If I just could do this, if I could be more religious. If I show up to church maybe 40 times out of the 52. If I get involved in community or try to keep the law and the commandments, maybe that's the goodness that will help me here. And so, you think that Christianity is something that you do. You add or you do. And the problem is, it's not. Christianity is not about what you do. Because there's a bigger issue here. The heart of the problem is a problem with the heart. And all of us this morning, let's be honest, we all think we're good, right? I mean, even if we're bad, it's like, well, I'm not as bad as that guy, right? The guy sitting next to me or the woman here, I, 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 at least I'm kind of good. And so what do I do? What do I make up the ground here? And the issue is not how good you think you are. The issue is the heart. And what happens when you come to Christ and the true message of the gospel is our hearts are exposed for what they truly are. I think sometime this year spring is coming, I think. I'm not sure. I know it was snowing this morning. All right. But when spring does come, it's a time of flowers, you know. What's the, what's the old poem? Um, spring is sprung. The grass is riz. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. Okay. I added some spring poem. It doesn't matter. But when spring comes, there are flowers that come, and then inevitably bees come along, right? How many folks, you just love bees? Some of you do. That's nice. Okay, put your hands down, weird people. All right, bees. It's funny, being stung as a child, you think how, how traumatic this is, and when you get an adult, you think, yeah, it's not so bad, until you get stung by a bee again. It's terrible. It's terrible. And if you've ever seen the stinger of a bee, maybe it was stuck in your finger or there was one on the ground and you saw it poking out. When it comes out, it looks like a beautifully sharp, smooth, hypodermic needle, doesn't it? But you know something? When that stinger is magnified, I just saw a picture the other day of a stinger that is magnified. It is not smooth. It's barbed. It, it, it looks scary. It looks terrifying. It's not smooth. It is exposed. It's magnified, and you see it for what it is. And here's what happens with you and I. We live our lives, and we think, hey, listen, I'm okay. I'm a fairly good person. And we dress ourselves up in our morality, in our self-righteousness, and are comparing ourselves to the derelict down the street. So I'm okay. But here's the problem. 
the real Christ and real Christianity says, okay, wait a minute. Let's compare you not to your neighbor, but to the perfect Son of God and God's law. And listen, let's just set aside this morning the Ten Commandments. Don't steal, don't lie, don't cheat, don't lust, don't be angry, which is like murder. Honor the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Um, Honor your parents. I mean, let's just set that aside because we all know, if we're honest this morning, we all blow that every day. And we are guilty. And the Bible says if you break it one time, you're guilty of all of it. But let's set that aside, okay? Now tell me about your heart. Yeah, you look nice. Tell me about your heart. Tell me about the motive on why you do what you do. Because God sees that. A couple years ago, I was making a hospital call. It was early in the morning. I think it was a Saturday. And I I, I parked my car, walking to the hospital, and I had this thought in my mind. And the thought was this. Rick, why do you do what you do? Why are you going to the hospital this morning? And I would have loved to say, because I love the Lord and I love his people. But that wasn't true. As I examined my own heart, the reason I was doing what I did that morning is because I wanted that family to think that I was a good guy. And that's the truth. That's how dirty my heart is. Even the good that we do. I want people to think well of me. I want you to see who I am. I want to be applauded. I want praise for what I do. Our hearts are filthy. And so when you come to Christ with these religious views that I'm just going to add Jesus or I'm going to do these things, I've got this list I'm checking off. Christ explodes that. Because when we stand before the perfect, spotless Son of God, we are exposed for sinners in need of a Savior. And this guy is exposed. Christianity is not about what you can add to your life. And Christianity is not about what you do. A matter of fact, the great difference between true biblical Christianity and everything else, every other religion, every other philosophy, is they say, do, 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 and then you can have heaven, nirvana, peace, come back as a rabbit. Right? But here's what Christianity says. Done. Done. It is finished, was his cry. And redemption has been purchased, not by you or me or our goodness or our merit or how great we think we are. We are sinners in need of a Savior. And so this guy's exposed now. He talks to the real Jesus, and now Jesus has just exploded his Christian worldview, his religious views. He says that's not what it's about. Here's the third reason this morning. Why do people walk away from Christ and the message of Christ? Because Jesus gets personal, really personal. There's a parallel passage in, in Mark chapter 10, verse 21. And this comes right after the guy says, Jesus gave him this list of commandments. And the guy says, Lord, I've done all of these things. What am I lacking? And I want you to see what Jesus does here. I think it's amazing. It says, then Jesus beholding him. After he said, I'm doing all these things, God, here's what I'm doing. Jesus beholding him. Loved him. And now Christ pierces into this man's soul. He says, do you really want to know what you're lacking? 
Some of us read this story and we think it's all about the money. It's, it's not about the money. Do you understand what Jesus asked this man to do is outrageous? A matter of fact, he doesn't ask anyone in Scripture to do this. No one. He doesn't go to Nicodemus and say, hey, Nicodemus, give all your money away. He didn't say it to Peter, James. He doesn't say that to anyone. No one. Except this guy. You'll notice in our text this morning, when Jesus goes through the commandments, he skipped one. Well, the first one, actually. He skipped more than but he skipped the first one. And the first one was, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Jesus looks into this man's soul and he says, you know what your problem is? Your problem is, it's not, so, it's not money. Money's not the problem. Your problem is, it is the ultimate for you. This is the most important thing in your life. And i got to tell you something this morning. People come to Christ and say, well, my problem with Christianity is, I just can't believe the Old Testament. I'm not sure about miracles. How could a good God make anyone suffer? Can I tell you the truth? If Christ were to appear in your heart and your soul right now, that is not the issue. The real issue is you have something that you love dearly and you believe sex, drugs, relationship, stuff, popularity, it's going to give you what you want. It's going to give you control without God. And that's a real issue. The real issue, there's a battle in your heart and you want to control it. And you don't want God to have it. And you believe that this that you have is going to bring you peace and happiness and joy and control in life. Can I tell you something? There is no control in life. None. You don't have any. None. None. There's this battle going on, and Jesus says, hey, here's a problem. The problem is, this is ultimate for you, and you think you can have these things without God and be okay, and you can't. The things that you're living for, they are killing you. And it's not that God's against money or intimacy or relationships. What he's saying is, let me decide. Let me decide. And this guy says no. He says no. And he walks away. And some of you this morning, you got this thing. And you really believe that this is it. And you will turn and walk away from Christ. There's a fourth thing here. Why do people walk away? When they talk to the real Jesus, hear the real message. It's, their religious views are dashed by Christ. He peers into our heart and soul. He, he sees what's wrong there. And finally, this man walked away because he didn't understand what real treasure was. Jesus says, sell all your stuff, sell it all, and follow me, and you'll have treasure in heaven. And this guy's thinking, wait a minute, I already have treasure. I don't need your treasure. Here's the problem. This man's treasure was not true treasure. Here's a horrifying thought for many of us. Fifty years from now, which those of us who are you know, 50 years, we understand how short it is. Fifty years from now, most of us will not be here. I'm going to bury you, or you're going to kill me. <laughs> no, I'm serious. You're going to kill me. Fifty years from now, most of us will be here. A hundred years from now, none of us will be here. None of us. And a thousand years from now, None of it will matter. 
and you think this is real treasure, the things you touch and feel and have right now, this is real treasure, I'm telling you something. There is coming a day with all of it will end up in a, a, a dump. And Jesus says, I, I know you think this is real treasure, but I'm telling you something. You follow me, and you will have true treasure. Can I tell you something this morning? If you have Jesus, you have it all. You have it all. You, you have life eternal. That's the best deal going. You have been forgiven. I'm not worried about my past. My past and my mistakes are covered in the blood. And you know what? I don't have to fear my future. My future is secure in the hands of the God who doesn't change. And I have peace with God through the sacrifice of Christ. I've got to tell you something. If you have Jesus, you have it all. You have it all. And if you don't have Jesus, you have nothing. And here's the great thing. This is so, this is a mind blow for me. Not only is he the great treasure, but I then am God's treasure. At the king of the universe, my name is written on the palms of his hand. He knows the hairs on my head. He hears my grief and my sorrow. And I am beloved in his sight. It's a good thing. And yet this man walks away. So what do we do with this? What's, what's the application? Let me just give you two. Here's the first one. I want to talk to people who are saved this morning. You know Christ. You know the story. And when we say, he is risen, your answer is? And you know that, and you believe that, and we glory in it, and we, and we do. But you know what we do sometimes? In our hearts and minds, we have an image of Jesus that we like. Christian people, you've got to be careful. Sometimes we create Jesus in an image for us that is palatable, that is manageable, that is controllable. If we're not careful, we want a Jesus who is soft and cuddly and there's no bite to the bark. That's what we want. My friend, that's idolatry. That is not the real Jesus. I was thinking the other day of the Chronicles of Narnia and, and and in the Chronicles of Narnia, there's Aslan, and he is the lion, and he represents Christ. And the kids are saying about, they're asking questions, and they say, um, uh, Aslan, is he safe? And Mr. Beaver says, of course he isn't safe. He's a lion, for Pete's sake. He's not a puppy. He's a lion. Of course he's not safe. But he's good. He's the king, I tell you. And for too many of us, we sit in church week in and week out, and we believe. I mean, we're moved by what we hear and what we see, and we, we glory in this and say, praise the Lord, he died for me. And yet if we're not careful, we walk out of here, and we do walk away. We get busy with life. We have idols in our own life that we think are so important, and these are our treasures. And Christ is saying, my child, this is not your treasure. I am your treasure. And you are mine. And so for many of us this morning, if not all of us, we should take this day and recommit and say, Jesus, I don't want to walk. I want to walk with you and near you. 
into fellowship with you. And I fail and I falter. And by his grace, we get up and we keep on going. It's a beautiful thing. But Lord, I recommit, I don't want to walk away from you today. Draw me closer to you. And so that's our challenge. And then for those of you who are here today without Christ, I beg you, don't walk away. Don't walk away. Bow the knee. Receive him. Understand what he's done for you and accept it. Jesus is preaching in John chapter 6. And uh, you should read John chapter 6. He starts saying some things in there that are just so bizarre. And, and, and the disciples are saying, Lord, the Pharisees aren't getting this, and you need to cool it. And what Jesus does is he just brings it on. He just keeps on bringing it about, if you don't eat my body and drink my blood, you have no part of me. And the Pharisees are going crazy like he's a cannibal. What's he talking about? And it's like, no, I'm talking about the spiritual. I'm talking about receiving me. And he doesn't let him off the hook. He, he just does it. And you think, if it was me, I'd like, okay, time to bring it down a couple notches. Let me explain again what I'm talking about. You misunderstood me. Jesus doesn't do that. He just, bam, bam, bam. You know what happens? The Bible says many of his disciples quit following him. They just walked away. They turned and walked away. And here's our Lord now, and he turns to the 11, 12. I'm sure Judas was there. And he says, are you walking away too? And Simon Peter Love Simon. He gets it right this time. He says, Lord, where can we go? You have the words of eternal life. Walk away to what? Walk away to where? Leave you for something better? You have the words of life. Eternal life. And so this morning, listen to me. We celebrate Easter. It is what we're all about. It makes Christianity different from every other faith on the planet. We have a risen Lord and Savior. And because of that this morning, we can live in his glory and in his pleasure and and know the real meaning of life as believers. But if you don't know him today, don't be like this rich young man. You have come in contact today with the real Jesus Christ. You have seen, you have heard the real message of Christ. Do not walk away. I beg you this morning, bow the knee. See him for his glory and his beauty and his grace and his love in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Let's have a word of prayer this morning.